This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one book boy, standing six foot two, 286 pounds. That's right, <laughs> listeners, if you've listened to a number of episodes, I have lost 10 pounds and I'm fucking proud from South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island. He's the number one book boy. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson Maine. Joining me in the Heidi Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur is a dog, he will not be talking on the microphone. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, this is always a weird moment for me when I have on hosts of podcasts that I listen to weekly. It's very confusing because I just literally put the shoe on the other foot myself. Put your motherfucking hands together for the QAnon Anonymous podcast. It's got Julian, Jake, and Travis. God damn, that's the best intro I've ever I hope you guys can life. talk for the next 20 minutes because I need to go get my inhaler and uh, turn the air conditioning Gabriel, on. Gabriel, <laughs> when you pointed to your dog, you were just pointing to yeah. a vaporizer. Yeah, my man. <laughs> There's the dog. He looks like he just hit the vaporizer. Aw, cute. Yeah, he does. He's very cute. Yeah, my background my background is really a 15-year-old kid's house, to be honest. <laughs> I'm so, so I apologize. You guys all That's seem to be true. It's okay. I, I think... also love Napoleon references in their paintings. Yeah, I'm I'm also a 13 to 15 year old at heart. Uh, I was looking at Amazon late last night because I couldn't sleep uh, for BMX bikes because uh, I couldn't af- <laughs> I couldn't afford one when I was 13, and I want one now. My uh, my partner is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" She's like, "You're almost 40 years old. Like th- these bikes are made for children." Jake, <laughs> dude, no exaggeration. I wanted a GT Dino so bad oh, my whole yeah. life. I spent way too much money the year after I like stopped riding bikes to get one <laughs> when I was like finally had a lifeguarding job. I was like, and now I have like a commute to work on my bike and I buy a GT Dino because I'm so happy it gets stolen in seven days. Oh, <laughs> seven days dude. later. Stolen. And I was like, you know what? I shouldn't. Now you saying that I want to get fucking pegs. I want to be out there riding pegs. my wife to the fucking farmer's market on my pegs. Dude, I have a fucking similar story. I had this, like, um, I think it might have been a girl's bike. Like, my parents couldn't afford the, uh, like, the, the GT Dino. So I got, like, a hand-me-down BMX bike from, like, a family friend. It was, like, um, like, uh, like pipe white. Like, it, it literally PVC. looked, it, yeah, it was, like, PVC white and possibly made out of PVC. It had these front, like, fold-down pegs in the front that were, like, these plastic fold-down and whatever. It was pretty chill. I rode around it on a while. And then uh, high school came, you know, uh, my mom was telling me, uh, you know, BMX riding isn't cool. Uh, kids in high school don't think that's cool. They think getting good grades, um, you know, and planning for college and your future is cool. So I decided to sell the bike. I, I lined up a buyer. His name was Scotty. He was like an extreme sports kid. And after school, I, I had ridden the bike to school and I was like, all right, man, I'll, sh- I'll show you after I've got it locked on the bike racks after school. Sure enough, you know where the story's going. We walk out, we walk to the bike racks and the shit is gone. Stolen. And go. Scotty <laughs> doesn't know. And Scotty, bull- <laughs> Scotty yeah. doesn't. I was so he was like cooler. He was like a, a little bit of a in the like uh, higher sort of social tier than I was. So I felt like an absolute loser. It was awful. <laughs> and I never and I never rode also, again. The second you said you always wished you had a, a BMX bike and uh, couldn't afford one is the second I knew you were almost 40 as a 39 year old <laughs> myself. I was like, yeah, I can guess this dude's age. I remember the three years that that was popular <laughs> we were in our yeah, adolescence. Inline skates, right? mm-hmm. yo-yos, 
BMX bikes, devil sticks. I mean, these okay. these are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, boys. I think we can put together three really boring interminable minutes on maybe like the basketball shoes that you could pump. Oh, um, yeah. The pumps. Oh. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what, what Let's talk about again? useless shit no one cares about. Let's go. They were called I, the I think they were just I, called pumps. Yeah, like, yeah they were. Reebok, Reebok pumps. pumps. Yeah, I had Spalding time. pumps, the knockoffs from Marshalls that were mm, black and oof. white, not even the cool tennis one or basketball. Oh, oh I was going to say, dude, and the I, tennis uh, ball ones. At the oh, time, poverty, poverty, very embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I got roasted <laughs> relentlessly. I, I don't know what it, I'm from a, a an island called Long Island where people are brutal right. to each other every oh, single yeah. day. I've heard so, of the iced tea. I survived somehow, but uh, ho- holy shit, did I get annihilated. Also, then I went, I changed schools. I showed up to my first day of class in a puff paint yin yang crew neck sweatshirt. And oh. everyone was like, dude, <laughs> you need to get jeans and t shirts right now. I was in like sweat, nice. pa- a sweatsuit in like seventh grade. People were <laughs> like, welcome to the. I had to like, go ask my mom for jeans. Which was that, a conversation. If, if you imagine the poverty conversation is like, why not? You already have three pairs of pants. What do you, you need know jeans so, for? <laughs> you want to hear something so funny? I had the opposite convo where I was fully ready to go into my high school career with my favorite like purple pair of sweatpants that I'd worn for, you know, that I'd worn like, you know, out, you know, in and out of puberty. And my mom was like, Jake. She goes, high school kids, they don't wear, they don't wear sweatpants. You're gonna get made fun of. And I was like, well, what do they wear? She was like, jeans. And at the time I was like, oh, jeans, they're so stiff and uncomfortable. <laughs> I've been I've been living free for the last, you know, 12 years. Like, oh, what's yeah. going I was so disappointed and upset. Wow, your mom is really plugged into high school culture, huh? Yeah. Well, she's like, like she was a high, high school, school teacher. You can't she have the pacifier in. <laughs> in in my junior high though, that was huge. I don't want to like for 14 and 15 year old girls in the 90s, they all rocked pacifiers on necklaces. Oh, I thought yeah, that was just true. like a doing ecstasy at raves shit. Was there like a like there a was, spillover of there was a, kind of stuff? Yeah, wide leg pants and shit, and like girls all wore yeah. like the space bun. They all dressed like ravers, even though they were thirteen, and there was no yeah. way they were doing ecstasy. I remember. I, I, I definitely had like the Jenko jeans with like the skunk stripe down the side. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know what's up. I can the imagine the wider you, the gauge, I can the better. You. You're like, I need it's to get true. the mammoths, bro. Forty it, inches. It's wearing two skirts at once. It rules. It's true that basically, like, fashion at that time was like you either cosplay like a surfer or you cosplay a skater. Mm -hmm. Or I guess you could cosplay a raver, but like, yeah, it was all, I mean, I wore like, yeah, girl t-shirts and like Jenko jeans and like skate shoes, even though I I couldn't even fucking ollie up a curb. (laughs) I remember I I was a decent skater. I could, I I was like fairly, fairly good. I could land kick flips. I could do minimal, you know, low to the ground grinds. Uh, but you reminded me, Gabrus, uh, talking about the, the girls with the uh, the pacifiers around their neck. I, I vaguely remember this, and also like chains of that um, that uh, like lip that like lip balm that ha- like you know was like soda pop flavored and shit. Yes, I can't rem- it's um, yes. lip smackers. Lip smackers is what it was <laughs> called. And, uh, and all these girls, they had, they had like the chain, the you know, like the like necklaces of like all of these different flavors. And I was jealous actually because the the they smelled and and tasted so good. I mean, it was like I was like, why can't they make these for dudes? I want to I want a cherry cola chapstick. Travis, did you do any cringe stuff, or were you just kind of like a chill dude that everyone was friends with because like he would help with homework? 
I, I know, I know. I mean, I was, I was a drama kid, so that was, that was pretty cringe. Um, so <laughs> say um, no more. You're sold. I sold. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> say no more. You How will long? Have no pussy, sir. Did you stick with it for a while? Drama? Not, not really. I mean, it was. I mean, it was a fun. Uh, you know, it was a fun, like, creative outlet. You know, and uh, I enjoyed the process of, like, you know, working with other people to try and make something. That that sort of desire kind of like carried over into adulthood. But like acting is not is not something that ever really appealed to me. I'll be honest. Well, what is what we do, Travis? Except a, a long community play that none of us can escape from anymore. Uh, well, <laughs> Where, and you can't see the audience at all. There's no audience, and you have to act with people who believe that Hillary Clinton eats babies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that, what a, thank you for the segue setup here. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cringe, you guys are, you guys are steeped in, in uh, like, and, and students of, and masters of, and uh, explainers to, tour guides of a subculture or a cult, a, movement whatever you want to call it that is fucking both simultaneously so scary and so funny that right. it's maybe <laughs> it the fact that it's funny and i'm not saying anything you guys haven't said before i've, I've been listening to your podcast for like mm -hmm. a year and now so like uh but the fact that it's funny i think let's q anon get away with more shit that like yeah. because people are like oh those freaks forget it and it's like but there are real fucking bad actors in the crew yeah no of course you know that's that's the eternal problem is that we live in like the fascism fail compilation era where it's actually working you know uh and and that's it's it would be funny but it is pretty scary and tragic that that they're um, you know, that the fascist movement has lost the dignity it once had. Right. Right, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. I right. mean, it's like it's, it's, like the, it's the old it's the, it's the old, uh, you know, the Nazis at least wore Hugo Boss. They're at least snappy dressers. They're, you know, but nowadays is that now they look like the Q shaman, oh, just not. Yeah, not now quite they wear as cool. like the Matrix, like uh, long leather trench coats instead. That's well, the now the cool. umbrella is I feel like it's getting bigger. You can have someone in a Matrix trench coat. You can have someone in like uh, body paint American mm -hmm. flag bikini, and you can have somebody in like fully adopting another culture as their style. And then you can have someone yeah. dressed as a shaman, and yep. they're all in the same crew. So yeah, it's like a Burger King kids club of psychos. They all have the same desires that have been warped uh, and and basically rendered impotent. And so they're like worms squirming against their own impotence. Like the rest of us, except for them, it is twisted beyond recognition. So it's like rage against uh, the fake machine or rage against the machine that you're having a hallucination of instead of the the even more scary, oftentimes, reality behind it. Well, and I think for them, you know, I think, you know, for the rest of us, there, there are some things that we that we, you know, we we kind of believe we're like, ah, oh, you know, that could be possible or like, ah, oh, that's, that's that seems plausible. But to them it's like, no, this is definitely happening. I know it is and there's like you know, there's nothing there's nothing that you can say that's going to make me change my mind. I've done the bias confirm uh, confirmation bias research already. I've already watched 25 hours of YouTube videos of people who believe the same things as me. And yeah. I count I constitute that as research. So whatever you're coming. Oh, where did you get this from? Newspapers, uh, authors, journalists. Get out of here with that bullshit. I think I think what links us to these people, though, is that we're all tasked with the same thing. 
wading through this flat sea of content and information to build an identity from things that we consume or appreciate and want to identify with. It just so turns out that if everyone's doing that all at once in this kind of open market, uh, there's a certain amount of people that are, yeah, they're just going to go off to the side and build like a, an insane, like bloodthirsty cult uh, because that is something that we haven't shaken out of the culture at all. And we don't really want to look at that. Uh, yeah. It's uncomfortable for us to imagine that we live with people who who might believe these things and and always have and control, you know, uh, levers of government and this and that. The, one of the biggest takeaways I got from you guys was how these beliefs have been around for so long and they oh, just yeah. keep coming back in different outfits. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I remember the D&D scare and all that shit when I was mm-hmm. a kid because I was a little D&D kid. That was my first foray, foray into like, People are just wrong about stuff. Like, right. I, well, I like I've been you know, I, like you're a comedian, right? So Commedia dell'arte, you look back fondly, you're like, damn, what an interesting <laughs> phase, you know? And and for them, it's like, damn, you remember those pogroms that we did after uh, the, uh, the, the the you know the the protocol of the elders of Zion like took flame, you know? Like that, that it's just they, looking back on like your what you do, your role, your role in society. Yeah, it's when like they get the the Mark Marin question, "Who's your guys?" and and they answer with like, "Oh, oh you <laughs> Joseph Dude. Mengele." And you're you like, ever heard okay. of Charles Murray? You ever heard of <laughs> the Bell Curve? Oh. He's my guy. He's my guy, Charles Murray. Yeah, he he loved to riff. He riffed on stuff, race stuff. Now, is it bigger and stronger and and more powerful now, or has it? Is it we're just more? It's more visible now than ever before. It feels I think it's like because we have politicians kind of repeating some of this stuff. And I don't know mm-hmm. how powerful someone like MTG or Gates saying shit in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what that really has an effect on the big sway, but it feels like that. But I feel like there was previously po- politicians who believed in all the same terrible well, shit. Travis, they just- Travis was actually with Gates and Green just recently, so yeah, and I think he's he'd be perfect to answer this question. I mean, yeah, what what I, I mean, what I've really noticed is that there's certainly, and I guess I don't know if it's you call it insurgent because you know uh, I guess Trump was in power for four years, but there's this wing of the Republican Party that is very fervent and just wholly grievance based and wholly based on aesthetics and and nothing else and just live for uh like like owning the libs i mean when i when i went there uh they often talked about how uh at least the the attendees of the of the uh, gates green rally that they were actually glad that marjorie taylor green was kicked off of her committees because that gave her more time to spread her message because that's what they talk <laughs> that's what they that's what they love they love it you know it's, it's all a performance it's all a spectacle to them now yeah, she more free time to light a bag of her shit on fire outside of AOC's <laughs> office or whatever. No, the they they really imagine that she's dropping in in like full tack gear from like the ceiling, uh, the ceiling glass like over AOC and taking out like the pedo cabal like farms underneath, like in the in the in the tunnels. Like many of them, if you ask them, what do you want her to do? It would be it's such a kind of vicious and and weird specific thing. Always like, yeah, whatever my thing is, man, that thing I can't stop fucking thinking about transgender people in our bathrooms that's the one or you know whatever else oh illegal immigrants taking my you know whatever it is she speaks directly to the id of like that kind of voter yeah Yeah. and 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 when you you know when you believe uh when your base level sort of ideology is that any kind of like functioning government is is deep state run or uh cabal 
run. Um, your people sort of getting kicked out of positions of power, you know, or or kicked off of committees. It, you know, it is this like self, you know, st- like self eating loop that it's like, oh well, there's there. That's because you know they're fighting, or that's because the deep state's trying to you know you, you know get her out of Congress, and that means it's good. You know, all of this stuff, and so what what you know you and I would look at is like, oh man, well this person seriously needs to get their shit together if they want to you know remain a, a a sort of functioning member uh, of the government they look at as like hell yeah like stick it to the cabal stick it to the deep state and so you know you know these these um politicians that do sort of uh you know dog whistle to the or not even dog whistle but but directly sort of um play into the you know the QAnon community um they, they love it i mean it's <laughs> uh, well I think one of the major problems with society in general, uh, me, a guy who's fucking 39 and smokes weed every day, but like I think a, a major <laughs> problem is like everyone really wants, and myself included, and that's I'm part of the problem in a way, just wants attention, just wants yeah. the feedback. I, I, I see it with like not, like I have, you know, a, a little bit of a social media following. Like if I tag a friend that doesn't like I could, I watch like, I, like I've seen family members faces be like, Whoa, Whoa, all these light. And you see it like, this feels so good. And you're like, Oh no. And then people get like addicted to that. And then we, everyone starts playing to the people who give it back to them the most. So everyone's playing to like the most loyal base and yeah. like, and, and with Patreon and all these other things, we can like shrink and our niches down to where if they just convince a thousand people to listen to their podcast, a QAnon heads and uh, bl- blood libel freaks and all this and saying like they can make fucking $10,000 a month and feel like that means that they are right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're also desperately alone. And uh, I think we all feel <laughs> that kind of emptiness and that loneliness. And so I think like the same way, for example, um, if you look at Antifa and people are like, oh, let's talk about Antifa, the movement and this and that. Really what it is, is a kind of set of methods to defend communities against fascism that people have passed on in this kind of, you know, like decentralized way throughout the generations, honestly, since the Nazis. But but this in the same way, QAnon is just a, it's a set of methods to understand the world. And it's, they're, they are going for it because in their desperation and their loneliness that we all experience, this is like the last thing they have left. This is it. Like, this is the one that that they're like, they're holding on to dear life for because otherwise their brain is already at the, the snapping level. I mean, you look at school mm-hmm. shootings and stuff like this. This is such a worse epidemic than any of the killings that QAnon could ever dream of accomplishing. And it's like every single week, an unending amount of it. So for many people, when that snapping point comes, they just go, well, what if I emptied all the things I used to know and replaced it completely with this new method to understand the world through? And now it's a lens for me when I go on social media and it's how I find meaning. And we all do that to a certain extent, which is so, but it's just, we're in a bizarre place where that has become a really valuable product. Their lens is adaptable too. As things go on, they're like, "Oh, wait, that JFK Jr. Oh, uh, yeah, well, we don't really talk yeah. about that anymore. Like, this That's is it. the There's new methods. belief system. There's What's methods. That? It's like if yeah. we need to, if we need to flush something, this is what we say. If we need to like counter an argument, this is what we say. And so, to us, it's like, look at this zombies, this cult, and they're like, no, no, no. One of the like ten things that we do here is think for ourselves. Like, so they don't understand <laughs> that we think they don't think for themselves. Because for them, yeah. it's like 
well, I'm floating through blurry JPEGs here. Like, what the fuck are you doing all day? Oh, what are you're you just doing? Going to watch- CNN? That's easy shit. Yeah, watching Amateur. MSNBC and MSNBC. That's that's only one person. That's only one person telling you the narrative. I have 15 different narratives that I can yeah. pick and choose from. Right, <laughs> but they're um, also real people to me. They're real people. They're not just in the TV. They're people that I might meet up with. They're people that I relate to. They're people I'm forming community with. And we're seeing that in this late stage after all the uh, the censorship on the mainstream media platforms. So, social media platforms, we're seeing them migrate to Telegram, which is like so prone to socializing that now you have these channels that have like 60 person conversations that are ongoing. Like everyone's on the phone line all the time with each other, chatting, processing, posting yeah. stuff together. They were, so they're become, regressing back to yeah, uh, like smaller, the AIM but, days. But denser and more emotional. There's some like Ludovico, like the Clockwork Orange treatment to themselves too i feel like they're accident like i think we're all like a lot of people are doing it like uh you know like the slender man kids like you know all that shit like right right but i feel like just eating a fucking funnel of information like this like six uh just these retirees or in the last year people who were laid off or working from home just watching like nine hours of streams a day of just different people saying super bombastic like fucking in violence inducing or calls to arms and shit and you just watch that shit all day i think i you get fucking worked i've worked on absolutely awful tv shows absolutely terribly unfunny comedy projects but on day five of working on it you fully are caught up you are like this is actually turning like this is (laughs) actually like because you're just in it too much where it starts to be like this is the way like mandalorian it's like this is the way like all that exists is this terrible fucking show i'm about to put out and then when someone watches it's like it's terrible it's like yeah, it felt like it was really terrible, but we got caught up in the excitement of making something. That's it. And like, let's look at like how weird it is, obviously, to go for like old school baby eating cabal like belief system. But then how weird is it to end up organically attracted to it to the point where you study it endlessly? And that's us three. So like we chose we we looked at the buffet of stuff and we're like. Oh, we're going to have like this thing that's sitting right next to the most rotten food on the entire buffet. Like we also are somehow. So, yeah, Travis, why are you drawn to it? Because you came to it before all of us. I'm going to grab my uh, my rolling my rolling supplies real quick. All right. <laughs> For this Smart. convo, it's necessary. Fair Everyone's enough. grabbing rolling supplies, it looks like. Now right, it's yeah. Travis and I want Uno. Every, yeah, mano, everyone's taken off. So, yeah, I mean, I really came to it. Um, I mean, originally I was um, back in the early 2000s, I was really interested in creationism and young earth creationism. And specifically, this is the belief that the world is only 6,000 years old. Noah's flood happened 4,000 years ago. And uh, there are a bunch of these promoters, and some of them were like uh, Dr. Kent Hovind. He called himself a doctor. He was not. And um, and uh, also Ken Ham, who of the organization Answers in Genesis. And they're promoting this bizarre belief system. It was like, it's like this is like, I mean, the world, the, the planet Earth is 4.5 billion years old like it's not when you, it, when you say it's six thousand that's not a small error it's a massively and i feel like i feel like it's bizarre to me because like you could there are you know they use uh what is it lead argon dating specifically in order to date that far back and i was like oh man he was like was like after years and years generations and generations of wondering what is why are we here what how old is this planet how do things work in the physical universe right we we figured it 
out. We figured some things out really well, really precisely. And it's a miracle. We feel we should feel blessed to know that the world is approximately four and a half billion years old. And all of a sudden, there is this community of mostly American evangelical Christians, because as I often know, Catholics, they're they're usually really open to science. Uh, you know, they're great, many Catholic, great scientists. Mm-hmm. But American evangelical Christians, they're like, oh, no, we don't like those answers. We like the old ones. We like um, we like this. Uh, we like this one that just says it's six thousand years old, and everything in the universe is that old. Um, it was bizarre to me. It blew my mind that someone would reject something that's so true and uh, for for this obvious fa- fantasy. And so I tried to figure out like why do they believe it. I tried to figure out their arguments and their why they don't believe in things like you know radioactive dating or even like stuff like fucking tree rings because you can count back tree rings back about 12,000 years and right. uh, they don't believe in they don't like believe everyone in, like, has to live with this shit Travis but why did you choose to spend so much time studying it what is it in you that because, drives you to this because point I, what, because I don't know because I really think we do live I, I so I feel honestly it's, it's this weird I guess skeptical atheist Richard Dawkins annoying bullshit thing where I feel blessed to live in the scientific age you know I mean it's right. like it's like there's this mm. there's like for so long humanity lived in a just confusing darkness and when we had to rely upon fantasies and fables to make sense of our or like bullshit theories like you know the humor theory of illness in it's order like to your, make sense of the world your throat is sore rub this colored toad yeah. onto your nostrils <laughs> it was it was all horrifying it was like it's like all it's like a man of but thanks to like generations of people who like devoted their lives to co- collecting data and empiricism i don't have to live in that era and i feel blessed for that but there's some people who just reject that gift and it was just it was like why why uh, this is better i'm glad i live in this era now right? <laughs> Travis, no glad- i want to i want to get cancer and be put in a bathtub full of leeches what's <laughs> yeah, wrong with exactly. you exactly <laughs> it's like it's I, like i'm i want to so, go get a shave and a prostate exam from it the felt, same I know, guy it felt like it, <laughs> and i wanted to like and I don't know. I felt like I felt like disconnected from these people because it was yes. so bewildering to me. And I wanted to understand where they are coming from. Mm. And so I, and I feel like uh, an element of what you're talking about maybe is this. I, I'm a curious person. I feel like that's a pretty positive trait to have. And and then when you learn new cool information, like hey, a group of geniuses figured out how old the world is. You're <laughs> right. like, as a curious person, you're like, that's such interesting news. That's so cool. I now know that I can't wait to learn more. I think there are people who are like, whoa, that challenges my worldview. Uh, no way I'm gonna like fuck. Yeah. Rather than a, rather than being impressed by it, like. Or, fig- or I, I don't understand how religion doesn't just start lying more. Like they could, they already lie so much. All you have to do is be like, it wasn't exactly six days he built it in. It was kind of like it wasn't exactly this. You know, it's kind of metaphorical. Then they can have even more leeway. I feel like people are so they refuse to break their structures that they that like yeah. that fit well, them I mean, best for them. They like someone they self building the structure that fits best for them. I think that way. there's like a group of people. There's some people who. If somebody else discovers it, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I couldn't touch it. I, I, I don't know. I'm, what, am I supposed to believe this asshole? And so they, you know, there are some people that want to, if they haven't discovered it for themselves, 
it's like it doesn't exist, you know, and and that definitely plays into the the whole sort of radicalization process uh, with QAnon is you do these, you, you know, these deep dives into into, you know, YouTube and, uh, you know, various streams, Telegram channels, and you teach yourself these things. And it's as if you are uncovering it, which is kind of part of its insidiousness. Yeah. You know? And also, it's you're right. I didn't even think of this. And it's sort of stickiness. Like mm-hmm. it, if you discover it, like, you know, like when you a dude who's like, you know, is like, yeah, I, I learned instrument at home or like or a person has got like I've I've been teaching myself karate from a book. And then like it's like <laughs> they meet a karate instructor. It's like, bro, where the fuck did you learn? It? It's like, well, I kind of taught it to myself. It's like you're not an expert. But, but like that's it, what's that's what's so fascinating is that it was developed literally in the chans, 4chan and 8chan. And it emerged from it as the kind of uh, uh, the main story because it was so sticky. It was literally in an incubator to make sure it was sticky once it went out to the world. Right. That's It was designed that way. It was designed to be the thing that people who want to educate themselves through like reading message boards or going online and digging a little deeper. It was designed to be the stickiest for their minds because it had been tested against thousands of them ruthlessly over years. It had been right. workshopped organically by this group. And then think about like literally image boards of graphic imagery, like scrolling through. That is the Ludovico treatment. That like is like famously a torture device to just flash brutal images to people. And that's like a website that has a huge amount of audience. I mean, there are a lot of people using the site for not that. I'd say that Facebook has the exact same thing. We're Ludovico when we're scrolling Facebook too. We're all Ludovico. The question is, what are the images on the screen? But we're all like yeah. locked eyes open on this like endless thing that is monetized. I mean, it's all like female power lifters and uh, uh, anything, female bodybuilders and shit. <laughs> hilariously, if anything, there's something more noble about four or eight chan because no one ever fucking managed to make money off that shit. It's just a co- it's a I, financial collapse. Whereas the other ones are monetized to fuck you. Uh, and they, by the way, Q could have not existed without them. Without the YouTube algorithms, I want to thank. I'm doing my 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 acceptance speech now for for Q. I'd like to thank Facebook. <laughs> I'd like to thank the algorithms at many different companies. I have a theory, and it, and it goes, and it's I don't I don't think it's been scientifically tested, but uh, it feels right to me, which is part of the problem. But I'm going to say it anyways. Um, and it goes back to something that you guys were saying a little <laughs> bit earlier uh, about feeling alone and feeling yeah. like uh, you know wanting to sort of carve your identity out of the things that you watch. And I think that's what's what's happening to people is we all watch the same shit. It's like I have this conversation with my partner all the time. She'll walk into the room and she'll be like, oh, did you see um, Kim Kardashian? And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Or did you see the video going around of this? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And it's like we all watch the same videos. We all sort of are, uh, you know, aware of like what's trending. And I think that nobody feels authentic anymore because we're all watching the same shit. We're talking about the same news stories. We're talking about the same videos that are going around. We're talking about the same social media posts, the same celebrities. And um, or we feel we do, but we we feel we not with the rest of the world, not even with the rest of our state. That's just the feeling that that the system is designed to give you. Hey, we're it's, all looking at this together. It's very important. Whatever it is, whether it's like a fucking article about Hillary eating babies or like the announcement that Lady Gaga is going to have a child. It's like the thing, everyone, the spectacle, look, point, oh, and that's what we do. We're just tourists in this endless stream of garbage 
and we're lonely. Yeah, exactly. And so I think people are desperate to feel like authentic. What's something that is authentic to me that is mine, you know, that sets me apart from, you know, the rest of the NPCs or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever they call them. And and so, you know, I think that stuff like conspiracy theories are especially sticky nowadays because it makes you feel like you are an insider, like an exotic you, kind of person. It is. It's like a quirk. It's like writing a quirk yeah. into a character that would make them particular or interesting. People go, well, what? I'm going to like Lady Gaga? No, fuck that. She's a Satanist. <laughs> oh, that's the cool take. That's the good one. That's the right one. And I mean, for me, I know you. Um, Travis was talking about what, you know, what got him interested in, in this stuff. And for me, my interest was on a base level, I agree with some of their grievances. I, <laughs> I, I do think that there is a massive separation of wealth in America that you can work. I remember cause I, f I fucked around with, with, uh, acting for a little bit too. And, um, I remember I got my first gig and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is going to be the thing that takes me out of the poverty line. I finally have a big chunk of change. I can save, I can put towards, this is it. I'm finally going to kind of graduate out of this sort of like poverty level. And I remember I got my, my paycheck and because it was a, a larger amount of money in a shorter amount of time, it got taxed way more than, <laughs> yeah. than my normal shit. And, and here I was like thinking I was going to make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and and it ended up being a couple you know it paid off uh you know some car repairs and then i was like right back to where i started i was like yeah. i don't feel like even when i do the impossible uh, in this specific case booking an acting job impossible it's Ter impossible terribly hard it, trust it's me it's fucking I mean, impossible I'm, i am bad at it so I, i'm sure other people do better but it is not fucking easy do not feel bad, Jake. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is not. It is not easy. And so, even then, I've accomplished what I thought was the impossible. And here, I still am at this at this level of poverty. I, I, I you know, on on one level, I, I can it's I can see where they're coming from, and that's why I'm fascinated by it. it but it's the details that I think they get right. wrong, or or the sort of solution, I guess, is is where we, you know, where we differ. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to go back to like that thing about the loneliness too, because. Basically, I think what, what's left for us after like what J Jake described, that Sisyphus-like approach that or relationship that most people have with the job market or their everyday life and just the bullshit they have to put up with to get health insurance and all this stuff. It's just like you roll the fucking rock up, it rolls back down and it sucks. So your only real outlet is to upload an image of yourself to the spectacle that would be so resplendent that it would transform you in some way or you would see yourself in the spectacle and be and feel good for just maybe one moment. And that's what this participative kind of uh, stuff is, whether it's posting to Facebook, your uncle's doing lib posting to like Rachel Maddow or uh, QAnon people. Uh, you know, it's we, we desperately know that we have no chance at immortality in a system that's just gonna chew us up and push us down. And so we're like, the only thing I got is that fucking Polaroid of the one moment where my post went viral or I looked really great in that photo and I saw myself in the spectacle and I felt like I belonged because all there is is the spectacle. So if I'm not in it, I'm apart and I'm alone. And that's terrifying. Well, and, and Julian brings up a good point, too. On the opposite side of the political spectrum, if you're a Democrat, you know, you're you know, we're supposed to be the good guys. And yet we there's still a fucking massive immigration problem. We're still fucking, you know, spending billions and billions and billions of dollars on on you know wars overseas 
And, and, you know, somebody like QAnon comes along and you're like, oh, goody, like these freaks, these fucking, these, these, uh, you know, um, uh, evil, you know, it's, it's a sense to be like, oh, well, at least, you know, however I feel about myself, at least there is a group of people that is like, has so othered themselves that it makes me feel better. And to, so to clarify what turn- you mean about the immigrant, you said there was an immigrant immigration problem. You mean the treatment of migrant children and the housing and all yes, that stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just needed to clarify because you're like, there's an immigration problem and I was like, oh, Rush Limbaugh has logged on. No, Oh, no, and- no. I, I meant like, I meant that like, yeah, uh, that ostensibly like nothing has really changed in terms of the treatment of people who are trying to seek yes. asylum in the United exactly. States. Exactly, yes. Hit me right in the feels. Feels? You mean F-E-A-L-S, the premium CBD company that's delivered directly to your doorstep? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. It hit me right in the feels. The feels that uh, naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. All you got to do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. I personally like a little. I just, I'm getting up and I'm recording these ads last minute. I just had two uh, a dropper of feels under my tongue as I pour myself a coffee, um, and I will have some again. But when I I had some last night when I went to sleep, and I'll have some again when I go to sleep tonight. Um, if, if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a CBD hotline that can help you guide through like your personal experience. You don't have to deal with it that way, and it works naturally to help you. There's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction, and it's a membership. So if you join. You get feels delivered every month. You'll save a bunch of money on your order, and you can pause or cancel any time. All right. Now it's time for your offer. Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you, too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash mighty, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash mighty to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's a hell of a deal. Feels.com slash mighty. Yo, hello, Fresh. Yes, I am a huge fan of the HelloFresh meal delivery service where you get your pre-measured ingredients and mouth-warding seasonal recipes delivered directly to your door. Now, everyone you know, probably talks about how nutritious and delicious and how simple it is and all that, but two things that I think I want to low-key uh, point out on this ad is... The sustainability of it all. You're buying less. You're wasting less food. Uh, you're, uh, you know, not tra- driving to and from the grocery store. They are a uh, first carbon neutral meal kit. They offset 100% of carbon emissions. Uh, uh, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery main meals. So there, there's some good sign. But for me, the low-key thing I love most about HelloFresh is removing the decision of what to eat for dinner. I don't know about you guys, but being in a relationship or in a family, I'm assuming, you know, there comes a time in every day where you start going, okay, what are we thinking for dinner? What do we have in the fridge? Are we going to order? Are we going to go out? Do we have to do this? Oh, uh, do we have leftovers that we can make into something new tonight? With HelloFresh, you're just like, oh, it's Thursday? Okay, well, we have the HelloFresh meal. What is it? Who cares? It's going to be delicious. And guess what? Either one of us can cook it because it's from HelloFresh, so it's super easy, and it takes 30 minutes or less. So that, for me, is all the important stuff. I mean, like, there goes, you know, 
I love the Gouda burgers. I, I've talked about them like countless times on this episode. I just, I'm such a fan. Uh, so, <laughs> man, you guys are like, stop talking about the Gouda burgers. But once you have them, you'll know what I'm talking. So go to HelloFresh.com slash high 14 and use code high 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash high 14 and use code high 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping hellofresh.com slash high 14 america's number one meal kit there's almost something like that benefits people up there's there's now such a bottom shown by like QAnon and extreme white nationalism of like this is absolutely disgusting that people who are just kind of classic scumbag politicians which the democrats have a lot of we're just like oh thank god we have this guy's not marjorie taylor green it's like what has this guy done for us though <laughs> like this guy is not playing the game we want he's pl- he's still becoming super rich he's still squashing healthcare. he's still put uh, oh yeah getting juiced up by pharmaceuticals he's still doing all this bad stuff but at least he's not fucking 17 year old girls on venmo or whatever yeah yeah the and so other we side can is get hi- high horse but also kind of we're spray painting a turd gold. Yeah, the standards are much low. I mean, basically, you know, since Trump, the standards are so fucking low that you can be, you can still be your run-of-the-mill scumbag politicians, and people uh, will worship. They will put your fucking face on a T-shirt because at least you are not as bad as as that guy and and the people that hang around with him. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's for also sure. it. We're lonely. We want a sense of superiority to somebody. If we're pushed at the bottom, if the rock keeps rolling down. Down the hill then god damn it like it's got to be someone's fucking fault i want to find someone to fight and it, guess guess what i can't fight the things that are actually affecting any of these conditions for me right i know that that's futile my whole life has taught me that through the political process okay cool so what's next and you either start a podcast or you join QAnon. it's normal oof uh, you, Jake, you, you said something that touched on what got me into the whole thing and like reading. I'm up. I just I don't even care about weird beliefs like I, I'm an atheist, too. But like the religious stuff doesn't even bother. it's the people who are faking it and taking advantage of it and like spiking it, you know, like making it more yeah. powerful, but benefiting from it. the grifters, if you will. Those right. people bother me to such a degree in any direction that that's my that was like the haunt that got that was like the thing that got me into being angry about them was Mm -hmm. like i fucking hate like and fandom i think is like a weird people call it tribalism people call all different shit but i think like there's like anytime there's fandom whether it's like religion or uh, like a a, a template to live your life like masculinity or whatever there's a chance for it to become toxic and we mm-hmm. saw it with like star wars and marvel and yeah. why yeah. wouldn't it also be with jewish people and abortions like why wouldn't why wouldn't people just be okay with having insanely violent opinions about these things i've yeah. seen travis view fans tear people apart with adjectives <laughs> that you've never even read in your <laughs> local dictionary if you know what i'm saying now, these are the vicious, the most vicious of them all. The Travis bros, the view bros. Right. <laughs> very, very, they're very wry. I can tell you. There'll be, it's like, you, you won't see it coming, but it'll be a very dry sort of evisceration. Mm-hmm. Which, well, which always you, hurts the most, really. 
you can sit comfortably knowing I don't think any of those guys are listening to my podcast. <laughs> I'm the wettest fucking comedy host there is. I'm fucking dripping, always on, absolutely obnoxious, and it's my life's work not to like fully mm-hmm. unleash it so that I don't ruin every inter- social interaction I have. Well, you're <laughs> hired for the spectacle, sir. You're perfect. Yeah, and, and- I, I, that's that's how I want to participate in the spectacle. Yeah. I want people mm-hmm. to just think I'm kind of funny. I want some people to think <laughs> I'm kind of funny. That's I'm it, not yeah. willing too, to man. do anything that would be like a full blown <laughs> lie, except for like I yeah. love this fucking product. Thank you, SAG. After you know, like that, like I wouldn't. But like these people are so comfortable faking their personas for money, and I'm saying this as a guy who wants to be an actor as well. Like it feels. It feels so crazy that someone is like ready to like activate people to save the kids by breaking into a foster home or some shit yeah. for to make 80 grand a year or something well, like that. Like it's just like it stresses me out yeah. so much that people would make the most brutal decisions for like an mm-hmm. 8% raise in their fucking salary or something. Yeah. Interestingly, well, and, like that's the profile oh. of a lot of Q followers is that they are uh, at least of the, uh, like the kind of summer brand of Save the Children Q followers is that they are artists, uh, musicians, editors, you know, whatever. They want to make something beautiful. They didn't make it as a rapper. They didn't make it as a YouTube star or whatever. Or a and screenwriter. And then yeah. they turn to this stuff because, hey, maybe my church is telling me some stuff, so that fits with it. But also, hey, it's a community, and within this, suddenly I'm getting views and people are listening to me now that I've been doing this instead of, like, whatever I tried, like, sketch comedy. I mean, every single one, it's crazy. This whole generation, you go to their YouTube, you trace it back, and they're all, like, I tried to write a little, like, show. I tried this podcast. I wanted to do this, and... Um, so many ex comedians. I think as a comedian, I would even say this: if you if you don't want to retire, uh, you have to just kill. Like you have to be killed. Like it should be like euthanized comedians because well, people <laughs> ex comedians seem yeah. to be some of the most dangerous people yes. on the planet. It feels there's like there's Rogan, but there's also the Tripoli guy, like who who's on the um, he was on the All Things Comedy, I guess, and then they got kicked off and they went to Patreon yeah. and and are making way more money i bet now i think they're higher than us maybe well like, a lot like, of a lot yeah. of you, who, people who touch the third rail of fucking right wing stuff the people who dabble in it make a little bit of money the people who have candace owens on their quote-unquote comedy podcast trying to yeah. pretend that like they're She's not hilarious. star fuckers yeah She's it's so like, funny that's one the of the thing. funniest it, people alive there's such star fuckery that <laughs> yeah. something that they would never cop to is like, oh, the liberal, you know, we hate Hollywood, this, everyone's a yeah. star fucker. And then it's like, Matt Gates is here. And it's like, yes, like fucking yeah. Venmo me for salad, <laughs> For ice cream. There's, there's a whole circuit. There's a MAGA circuit now. So there's money to be made. That's like a whole circuit that's like kind of less embarrassing than just the Christian circuit where you can't even swear. It's like Christianity and extreme right wing politics mixed together in a way where you can actually swear and take drugs. Yeah, and, well, it's like and, the can you once you get quote unquote canceled, you can go into this subterranean world where the canceled mm-hmm. people still make six figures <laughs> a year somehow, like yeah. quote well, unquote yeah. being canceled. And to add yeah. to that, uh, you know, when you know, when these folks get uh you know canned or kicked off or banned from your more mainstream platforms, uh what ha- what happens is is that uh 
you you automatically have this bigger audience who has also been kicked off or you know they you know they're oh big big tech censorship and all that stuff and so the just the, the in trying to get rid of this stuff we are actually perpetuating it further and further because they look at that oh well if you got kicked off of Twitter well then you must be you must have truth that they don't want to hear you yes. know and not, and so not like you must you must have said something bad it's yeah no, not you like must have said something too right, real <laughs> too real exactly and so you have people who would never ever be able to make a living uh spouting conspiracy theories or 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 doing that or doing that stuff i mean dude look at look at when we were growing up i mean it was art bell art bell had coast to coast uh am he had his radio show and uh you know that was kind of the biggest sort of conspiracy you know mainstream sort of conspiracy uh celebrity and it was in you know i don't think art bell was making you know a shit ton you know a shit ton of money uh but there's you know i mean it, it's coupled also with there's no gatekeeping anymore on content like julian was saying you know it used to be if you if your content got somewhere where a lot of eyes were seeing it you had to go through so many different you know so many different channels to even get to a place where your content was being heard yeah, now even like any- uh like alex jones he had to go like on public access in austin right he yeah had exactly to find, he had to find ways to way he had to find ways to get on the air but now friend, everyone friend, has friend public access the all show. the time alex jones <laughs> But it's just true, because right. Alex he Jones and I work. both have the same build and same orange colored skin does not mean we are friends at all. We just both all like right, to folks. be burly and shirtless. Okay? Time to time to post those Gabrus uh, looking for food in the fridge uh, images of that guy in boxers. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. And now anyone like now someone could say the most fucked up shit and it could be in. Or show, make an uh, an image or a video that is a, a a wrong lie that ends up in half a million people's pockets that and like in their morning routine and then gets uh whatever like the new version of the telephone game is where a thousand telephones yeah. are all like it's a major conference call all <laughs> happening at once and it's like now here's like the eleven spins on that like and I then, use this I use this exa- oh, my ahead. mom has like crazy right wing friend and she. When Trump ran against Hillary in 2016, she said, you're voting for Hillary, I bet, right? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she's like, well, how do you feel about the bombs? And she kept referring to the bombs. And I backed her all the way up to finally understand she meant Benghazi. And I'm like, (laughs) my mom was like radicalized by Mm -hmm. something she misheard. And it's like, that could just have people are actively trying to radicalize people with on purpose. Absolutely. And the worst part. The worst part is, is that you have this game of telephone and finally the last person to pick up the fucking receiver at the end of the line is a fucking congressperson or somebody that actually <laughs> is in like a position of power that then goes on to stage and repeats it. I mean, that is a new yes. that's a new thing where you have it and it builds into. You know, they know that they're not, you know, Paul Gosar knows that he's not going to get any fucking, uh, you know, get any liberal votes. So what does he do? He plays to where he knows he's going to, you know, where it's going to be the best. And if that means adopting some of these more extreme, you know, QAnon style uh, beliefs, then he's going to go there. Maybe not because he like believes it, but because he knows that that's what his constituency wants. And and I think that it is a fucked up. The GOP right now is a fucked up combination of, of guys like that. And then people who are actually red pilled themselves, and they also believe it, and 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 so they're, they they think that they are also speaking the truth. 
the first per- the first archetype that you mentioned, people who are leaning into it because they know it'll help them win, is them wanting to remain having a fandom, is them wanting to remain yes. as part of the spectacle, remain yes, I agree. making the money. It's like so they look just- that day and it's like, what's trending? Oh, it's a QAnon thing. Well, that's what's trending today. I'm going to jump. And then people repeat it like they'll read it. They'll repeat it in their speech. And, oh, it worked in the speech. Okay, so someone else will use it. It's the same process as Fortune and 8chan or Facebook feeds. We're refining our posting until it works. And we're gathering stuff from each other to be like, okay, great. I'll just retweet this or I'll just repost this. And eventually, hey, let's do a collab. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it sucks. It's influencer fucking country. Here, let's before we get out of here, I want to talk about a recent episode you guys had, which was maybe one of my uh, favorites ever because it combines two of my loves, which is extreme egotistical Hollywood alpha male and also <laughs> cult shit. And uh, so the Jim Caviezel episode of your of Q Anon Anonymous pod, which I, I still can't say without just being an acronym, <laughs> QAA. Uh, <laughs> it's so fucking good. But the thing that stuck out the most is Caviezel is at that fucking conference he's on video and mm-hmm. he says i've seen horrors that th- what these are what they're pulling these kids out of mm-hmm. and then in the next line after the fucking emotional outburst from the next line is like well even though i have not personally seen them i you know yes. and it's like that used to be enough to be like all right all right motherfucker <laughs> you are a liar and yeah. it's not uh, people just it should have been enough to be like, not only are you a liar, but you should never work again. Like that used to be enough. And well, now he's not a liar it, because he he actually has probably watched Frazzle Drip and Tim Ballard <laughs> probably played it for it. And in that video, you can't really see shit. So he probably tried to see it, but couldn't. And so he did just hear it. And so he's not lying. They're not lying about their appreciation for him. Where's the lie, Gabrus? <laughs> it's 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 their imagination. It's when you stay up and you read, you know, for you know, seventy two hours. Uh, you watch uh, Out of Shadows or whatever, and you hear about it, and your imagination starts to run wild. It's becoming the same thing as I've seen it in their minds. I mean, right. they're using the same trick. A lot of these these people online who make up these horrors, they're using the same trick that horror filmmakers use, where they make the 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 monster just a little bit out of view to allow the the viewer to sort of make up their own horrors in their own head and that's more horrifying than anything that could actually be uh imagined so like you know so they're all they're traumatizing themselves by basically tapping into their darkest fears and sort of more gruesome fantasies yeah and i feel like they had a good pr weapon in that when they were like we're stopping pedophiles something that like objectively you're where everyone's against (laughs) we're against pedophiles (laughs) but there's a lady doth protest too much element of this all where it's like if if i had a friend that constantly told me daily like once a day that he was very (laughs) anti-pedophiles i would start to assume some weird shit about that person because i'd be like me too man so, but I don't have to say it. I don't feel the need to bring it up all the time. Right. Why are you so into? And I feel like filling your heads with that shit all the time of like what's happening to these children, knowing even not knowing it's a lie, knowing it's a lie, and see, like the fact that you even choose to visualize and imagine that stuff is like horrifying. Yeah, but that's because they think it's really 
one of those things where like half a million kids, I don't know, I don't remember, was it eight, 80,000 children? 800,000, yeah. The, the they, stat that they always miscite is that they believe that there are 800,000 children stolen it. every year, just just disappear. And they're like, there are all these, and these, uh, you know, these 1.6 million uh, uh, parents approximately are just uh, aren't talking <laughs> right. about it for some reason. Well, we can laugh at them or we can realize that if that was true, we'd also be fucking talking about it all the fucking time. <laughs> when Epstein came out, I was talking about about it all the fucking time it's like if it were true then holy shit their reaction kind of makes sense but the yeah. problem is we have no control over what people consider true anymore and 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 nor nor did we ever but the illusion is threadbare it's worse than ever and you just said something that is another facet of the movement uh that really is i love to i, I love to try to process is epstein comes out and they're like that's not the kind of pedophile we're talking about. It's like, wait, what? It's like Matt Gates is fucking 17-year-olds, and they're like, that's not what we're concerned about. It's like, wait, but you guys tell me every day that you're saving the children. This sounds like bad situations for children in both those. And they, it's did, like, they did, to be fair to them, they did co-opt Epstein and say we were on this before, even though Q had never posted about it and it wasn't a focus. They did, they agree, I mean, and they bring Epstein up as like, you're a lib, and I'm trying to talk to you about QAnon and get you in. I'll talk to you about Epstein, which we can both Epstein agree was on. referenced in a couple of Q drops. In further fairness, I would say, but but uh, I think I think what the, their view was that basically is like, okay, well, uh, well, Epstein is gonna is is gonna is going after Epstein goes down, then he's going to like take down Hillary with her. They think that that Hillary Clinton is basically above Epstein in the evil pedophile kind of hierarchy. Uh that of course yeah. didn't happen. He just he just died in prison. Whatever secrets uh that that uh that he ha- carries in his head just died with him. We've been denied justice yet again. Well, and that's a famous QAnon tactic is they will take one real thing like Epstein and say because this was real with Epstein. That means that all of the crazy shit that I have no evidence for must also be real. You know, I, I it's I don't know. I, you know. I mean, like like they for they, for example, believe that on uh, Little St. James, uh, Little St. James, they, there are many layers underneath in which children were eaten like and sacrificed. I'm like, this is a it's called pedophile island. Why is that not enough for you? Why is that not horrifying enough for you? Just roll with what we know to be true, which is already wretched and uh, unforgivable and demands answers. And instead, you see there's like, ah. Yeah, I was like, I need, I need, it needs to be punched up. It's, I need, I need a little, 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 little more, more excitement. It's this because the reboot, brother. We need to yeah, go right. fucking big. It's you know? because <laughs> I think it's because it's public. That's the thing that that QAnon, the happy place to be in, is that things are about to happen, and oh my god, it's going to be the best I told us so of all time when something actually happens and there's evidence it's that's it you know the truth is as terrifying as it can be it's boring because it's there and there's evidence and stuff there's no place for the imagination to go and i think there's no wiggle room yeah yeah, there's no wiggle room be more in your pov and and exactly like if if you, you know you can't say like oh man I'm so worried about like this massive like pedophile you know pedophile trafficking scandal it's like oh like the biggest like known pedophile and 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 child trafficker like got arrested and went to jail it's like the 
they because of the own injustice that they believe they're experiencing in their own life. It, it when, when like it's they have to have something to keep going on to and to keep holding on to because if it, it's like oh well like this guy you know this guy uh you know killed himself in jail or whatever but my life is still the exact same and and I don't have like my liberal friends coming up to me and going like oh my god I was so sorry to have doubted you oh oh I feel terrible you were right all along Steve you were right they're like that's not happening so like that must be the first domino you know, I mean, that that is, I think, we, when we talk about the stickiness of QAnon, um, they want it to be sticky. They want it to keep going. If if the storm happens, it, what else is there? They go back to their shitty life. You know, it's like they can't do something that would be objectively what they're saying. Like, it can't occur. What yeah. they're, they're saying has to happen. So in the binary of like Hillary gunned down in the streets by, you know, the national or activated yeah. police force whatever they believe like e like that can never happen so if they get close to anything they have to move the goalposts it has to be bigger it has to be crazier yeah. if uh, hillary clinton got arrested it would be like bill's bill's time is coming and i've i've heard he's gonna get the death penalty you know right or or now it's barack obama you know it's got to it's really just i hate all these fucking politicians that seem better than me and and that combined with extreme you know christian ideology satanic panic is the hurricane you know that is QAnon. Anyways, yeah, Jim Caviezel is really funny because he's stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the highlight I mean, of some you know. of it is that it's like, oh, right, you're also talking about, like, a dumb, handsome guy. <laughs> like, uh, a guy yes. who, like, broke into his career by being, like, j purely on what he looks like on video. Like, well, like Interestingly, he he's a perfect actor for, like, those 70s movies where there's very little dialogue and you just have to look like this steely-eyed, inscrutable guy. I love it. Yeah, like one of those Charles Bronson movies where he takes it and just knocks out all of his own lines from the script before they shoot. Where he's like, nah, you don't have to say this. You don't have to say this. Just cut to my eyes. Cut to my mustache. Cut to me killing the guy yeah. when we're out of there. Cut to my daughter getting raped in like, you know, 40% of his movies. And then oh God. <laughs> cut to me getting revenge. Um, guys, thank you so much for fucking taking time on your Friday to talk to me and some shitheads uh, about QAnon. I have a dumb question that i feel is like a weird pimp at the end but it, are there are there anything normal people can do in like a small like a low lift thing that normal people could do to like fucking throw a few sandbags against the rising tide of uh this dangerous right-wing conspiracy or dangerous conspiracy uh, I always tell people like it's like the, the the advice I always give is like it's like my you know my they say like my uh, my my mother my friend my sibling is sort of falling down the rabbit hole. My number one advice is always get them away from the computer. Get them to do literally anything else. Get them get them to go on a hike. Get their get get them into a sport. Get their brains activated and sort of uh, finding fulfillment in anything besides just being online. Because this is I mean this is really really it they get addicted it's addicting it is they get addicted to the dopamine feeling of like discovering things and being shocked and falling down the rabbit hole and they need it's really you need to read if you want to you know escape that cycle you need to retrain your brain in order to find things other than just moving the symbols around on your phone fulfilling yeah, if it's if it's possible, you know, cuz some and sometimes, you know, it's understandable if r relationships are 
you know, unrepairable. Uh, you know, a family member says something to you that's that's unforgivable. I, I, you know, I I understand that. Um, but if you can, if it's possible, if if you have the mental capacity to not push them away and to try to bring them in, because um, I think what Travis is is touching on is that when other aspects of your life, the stuff that's outside of the computer, are going well and feel like you have meaning there, the anger that propels you to keep studying something like QAnon becomes less potent. And the further amount of time you spend away from that anger is good. I'll give you a really quick quick example. Um, around the 2016 election, uh, I was driving home from my assistant job and I was trying to find the debates on the radio because I wanted to I wanted to listen to the debates. And the only radio station that I found that was playing it was um, uh, this uh, L.A.'s sort of like conservative radio conservative radio station. And I turned it to that. And then the next day when I got into the car, the station was still on that. And I listened to it as I drove as I drove to work and I listened to it as I drove back. And I w- it was fascinating to me because here these were a bunch of, uh, you know, points of view that I'd never really heard of before. You know, I was, you know, my my news digestion was was, you know, basically, you know, C- CNN's website. And I found myself getting angrier and angrier the more I listened to it. And it wasn't really until I turned it off and just, you know, stopped listening to all of that shit that I kind of, you know, remembered what it was like to not be angry about politics or, you know, to think that, you know, there was some, you know, machine that is, you know, designed to, uh, you know, keep me down or whatever. Um, And so I I agree. I think that that getting them away from the content and into something real uh, that can provide any kind of enjoyment or sense of community um, has a chance to sort of help de-radicalize. Yeah, the computer feels dangerous for old people, older people for some reason. (laughs) It feels like it's like I just it's a hack to say, but like our my my parents generation told our generation be careful on the computer like there are bad people out to get you on the computer all right it's like good thank you mom i will uh and then they are now being gotten by bad people on the computer it's like like i don't yeah they're now friends with strangers like all the shit we were told not to do it's always a timeline though like it has these are circumstances that arise in a person's life where they end up going down the rabbit hole those can fade those circumstances can change and uh, and I think that, you know, being away from the computer is definitely one circumstance. It's not to say you can't use the internet. It's going to do this exactly to your brain. It's just there are times in people's lives where they're particularly fragile or furious or there's a variety of different things at play where it's like, this is not going to help. That's it. Yeah, I was feeling like mad anxious for like a, a week out of nowhere and I was just like so stressed. And then like we sat down for dinner and my wife's like, all right, another episode of The Sopranos. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think if watching three hours of like violence and people hope just getting by on the skin of their teeth alive, like every mm-hmm. night has kind of maybe sunk into me a little yeah. bit. Tony's and that's breathing. Like Tony's pos- breathing gives me anxiety because he's so good at <laughs> replicating that. Like I'm about to have a panic attack breathing. Yeah, same. I can. It's I like, sound yeah. like Gandafini when I eat a fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Gabrus? You know what I would recommend? Um, if you log on to uh, PBS, 
Uh, I think it's like $4 a month or whatever to subscribe to PBS, and they've got uh, like 300 episodes of Antiques Roadshow. There's nothing scary there, man. It's it's what it's, the you're fuck learning. What's wrong with you? No one's even paying him for this. You're learning history. You're learning history. You know, you're seeing you're, you're seeing regular cake. people stumble across <laughs> treasures. Talking about I how mean, much it costs per month and shit. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow. Well, We're I didn't want to mislead people show, and say it's free. I didn't want to mislead anybody and say that it's free. But man, yeah, when I turned off <laughs> The Sopranos and turned to Antiques Roadshow, uh, mm-hmm. I did feel a noticeable drop in my anxiety spikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, good good call, Julian. Is there anything you guys want to plug? Let the people, my listeners, know. I mean, obviously, uh, I'll tag all you guys and the show in the yeah where the announcement of this release or whatever. But is there? Let the listeners know for the people who can't read and are just yeah, like my beautiful voice. You know, there's the podcast. You can search QAnon Anonymous anywhere. Uh, those are found. And then we have some Twitch channels. I do Julian Field. We have QAnon Anonymous. Uh, Jake has Florida Flynn. And Liv has Liv Agar, A-G-A-R. Those are all people who are involved in our podcast. Um, yeah. And then other than that, nothing, you know, just enjoy life. I mean, uh, a lot of our shit's free. So, you know, you don't have to pay. I, I highly recommend checking out their podcast. Li- I think the Jim Caviezel podcast, which is not a normal format for you guys, uh, is a good one for my listeners because we also love like Hollywood alphas who trained with Navy SEALs once and think like (laughs) they're officially part of the special forces. I was talking briefly with this about Julian because like that shit where like uh, John Krasinski had like an alt on Twitter and he's like, you know, John is weapons trained six foot three and has learned Krav Maga from a Navy SEAL like and responded to all these like anti Jack. Oh, yeah. Do you know that? Are you? Do you fucking understand, dude? How fucking jacked this guy is? I'm defending on Twitter. Do you even understand the kind of training he's been through? What his life is like? He had to play a guy fighting nuclear Venezuela for Amazon Prime. Okay, that's the kind of shit that only the most real soldiers go through. I think um, it's. Well, I'll, although, it's, wait, one last thing. I do want to say, Travis View. You should go follow him, Travis underscore View on Twitter, because he doesn't have a Twitch. So I felt bad. He's getting no plugs over there. No, no personal plugs. <laughs> <laughs> He shows some of his old high school drama performances on his Twitter. It's a wonderful follow. He posts highly a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, he yeah, a yeah. Lot. Picture of me he's, playing. You keep uh, seeing with... that he's retweeting it with new quote tweets and stuff, and you're like, oh, I, oh, he's Eric Alpering me. He's here. posting childhood <laughs> photos all week, this whole week. It's Travis week. Um, the soldier shit. I'll let you guys go right after this, but the soldier shit we were just talking about, like. Everybody thinks they're a soldier. That that's like mm-hmm. a bad thing too. There's like some new thing where it's like it's about fighting. It's about saving what it's everything's combat. Yeah. Everything's like heroes are have guns. Uh they shoot bad guys. Like there's so much digital we live, soldier. We live in, a, in a diseased militaristic obsessed <laughs> society. We are so far gone with militarism. It's just the the, the air we breathe and the water we swim in. Yeah, and based it on the fact I know we're the same age due to GT Dinos. Like the movies that I grew up watching were all about like a one white guy who had to be outside the law to kill a bunch of like minorities or to like <laughs> fight in a war where it's like the the rules of engagement are off. We're cutting fucking people's heads off. Like the shit like Trump's favorite movie yeah. was Bloodsport. It's like that's not good. Like I and yeah. as those are my favorite movies, that's just not a good headspace to be in for looking for like yeah. 
who you consider a hero or like what you consider a, a good society. Yeah. Also in Bloodsport, it's one of the most racist portrayals of a black person I've ever seen in any movie is the black <laughs> yeah. fighter in that movie. Yeah. The the one of two black fighters is Ugh. a, his, he does monkey style Kung Fu. Literally. He's up in trees and shit. It is awful. It's brutal. Brutal. And the French guy wears a beret and the uh, um, Middle Eastern guy wears a headpiece. Yeah. That's please all don't bad. call. Please don't call Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, Van Damme French, please. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my bad. He's it's okay. Belgium. He's the muscles from Brussels, baby. He's a Belgian, uh, Belgian well, bitch. QAnon Anonymous. QAnon Anonymous podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, give them a follow. And I, I appreciate this. Let's hope... I hope your podcast has to shift topics in the well, near future. I hope you guys have to find something new. That's yeah. not, I don't want to root against your financial success no. because I really enjoy well, more everything. More people are coming out to like tell me, you know, I told them, hey, you can leak stuff to me about Hollywood. And like, I have a whole dossier on this guy, Gabrus. Uh, people have worked with him for years. And like the stories, I mean, the impressions he does, obviously outrageous. So I'll be releasing that soon. All right, yeah, check that out on his Twitch. He's gonna be showing some of my old character sketches. Where I, I... <laughs> it was the nineties. Uh, right. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world. Where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> no. Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. You wake up after a few years and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're gonna be making Terminators. <laughs> We're gonna make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the roommate. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.